Cool. Welcome to Sight to Studio. This is episode seven, I think. Love it. How are we? Yeah, good, yeah, good man. Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> That's okay. You can say that at the end when it turns out good. Yeah. Oh, no, still thanks for, thanks for, thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me... There we go. Hang on, I'll yeah. bring it a bit closer. How's that? Okay, cool. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So Dom, Matt, yep. LVL Group. That's right. Tell us about it. What do you want to know? What is it? Uh, what so are we about? What are we about? Oh, it's actually a good question because LVL Group develops, you know, month to month. We almost, instead of just telling people what LVL Group is, we're almost discovering it at the same time. You know, like last year during isolation, it actually ended up being a massive year for us. So LVL Group is like a building company. We do a lot of construction, renovations, um, that sort of stuff. But it's actually growing into this sort of community. Um which is the direction that we want to head on yeah. down as well. <coughs> yeah. So I think that the whole community-based thing is something that Dom drives really hard. Um, and I think that that's, that's sort of what's going to develop our brand. And, and I hate the word brand. It's just what's going to develop us and, and the community and, you know, bring people and involve them more. That's where, that's where we're heading. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, mm. for me, the way I think about my business, you know, you know, I do building as well. I do cabinets, joinery. Mm. But for me, the macro thesis is we're building brand. We're building, if you don't like the word brand, say reputation or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, that's that's what we're building. And then that's going to bring us opportunities and who yeah. knows what we'll be doing. Yeah, 100%. We're building impact. Yeah. yeah. We're just building a platform or a couple of blokes that want to build a platform to lift ourselves, everyone around us up. And, you know, we happen to be doing building right now and we'll continue that, you know, for the next 20 years or however long. But the the main point of it and the purpose of it mm. is to build a, a platform, you know, an ocean that ride that, that raises all the boats. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that, that way, you know, that you have been able to create some impact that, you know, other builders or other guys in the industry haven't been able to? Like how have you been able to build that community? Holy shit, that's a good question. Mm, really I good think, question. to be honest, man, is we haven't followed the uh, the status quo or like what what people expect your average builder to do. It's funny every time because Dom and I we have a um, a WhatsApp group with our whole team on it, and we send them messages. Oh, you know, do videos of this, do videos of that, and they all feel uncomfortable doing it at first, right? And they think, oh, this is you know weird. We don't see other builders doing that, and then now we have a bit of a cult following like we don't have that many followers on instagram but the ones that do man our engagement's off tap people messaging us oh you know can we see more of this guy can we see more of that person like when we haven't uploaded they ask for it so i think it's just being more ourselves and being more authentic you know not just like oh here's a photo of a nice table like anyone can upload that shit you know yeah so you guys are in the sort of the higher end space or at least certainly moving into that yeah. higher end mm. space do you get a feeling like does that does that lack of authenticity sort of throw you guys off a little bit in what way in the in the higher end residential industry like market segment yeah like everything is so polished and perfect I, it's so funny because like we're when, so we're we're um tendering for this job which it looks like we're gonna get um it's a massive job, multiples of millions. And anyway, we are we were so nervous about meeting the architect because we don't fit the mould of every other builder that had quoted it. Anyway, and I was talking to Dom, you know, what should we wear? What should we do? How should we act? Guy rolls in, high fives. We're broing down with him straight away. He was just in a T-shirt and short. It was just like a normal conversation, you know. And I just realised that even in this space, they just want to deal with people that are normal as well. 
So I don't. I, I feel like that maybe on their social media and their marketing, there might be a lack of authenticity, and you don't really know the people behind the brand. But when you get in there and you meet them, they're just normal people. Yeah, hundred percent. And even if they're like being super polished and everything, they're waiting to be able to break that. You know, like if they meet someone who comes in super polished, they're going to beat you at that game. But if we come in there, we're rolling, we're instantly going for, you know, the hugs and the high fives and that sort of stuff and just cracking jokes and actually getting to know the person behind everything, um, then that just brings a lot of humanness to it. So I feel like that's how you can kind of get through it in that sort of inauthentic sort of yeah. field or whatever. Right. So there's there's just general... Um, sort of fear, I guess, to to put that stuff out online, but but, but people are still people. Oh yeah, like even Matt and I will always sort of do like an inventory check with how we're doing with our egos and and you know how if we're trying to like control our the, the perception of us too much, we kind of have to like check in with ourselves. Like I was wearing you know khaki pants with boots every single day last year, hoping that I look like more of a builder or part of a construction company. And then I just realised, like, you know, I step on the site only a couple of times a week, but I'm not there, like, on the tools. I don't need to be wearing this sort of stuff. And so Matt's asked me, like, oh, well, what would just Dom wear? What would Dom being fully Dom wear? And so, you know, that's what I'm wearing now. And I'm not really thinking about whether people are judging it, but I just feel more me. And that ends up having, like, a way better impact. So, like, look at Matt, he's in T-shirt. He's maybe tomorrow he'll be in whatever he feels tomorrow. Mm. So now you're going half real estate agent, half... Oh, actually, we've got these, like, full-on custom-made shirts by P. Johnson. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. P. Johnson, P. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Click like, subscribe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got the dopest stuff coming. Don't worry about that. Yeah, no, we've got some cool (laughs) shit coming. So, But uh, we'll still be rocking the boots when we need to and stuff. But once again, like, our clients, the people that we deal with, like... They're not fucking wearing boots, man. And 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 actually, the architect that we went and met, he had a fall, like he had a, a bit of a disagreement with this with this builder because he said he had such an old school approach, and it felt refreshing to speak to guys that were you know young and had a, had a, had a new school approach to the building process. Because and like these people, they don't they don't want to deal with you know that old that old school vibe and and feel uncomfortable and feel like that there's this you know war between the builder on site and the architect and i think they're coming to their level and you know dressing how we like and behaving how we like and putting who we are on social media helps everyone become a lot more comfortable with us before they even meet us yeah i mean we're all young and i sort of especially when i first came into the higher end architectural joinery space Mm. there was a lot of insecurity and Mm. lack of self-confidence around you know there's all these joiners with 40 50 years experience Mm. but a lot of those guys you know like you said that older mentality that that all that you know the architect hating the Mm. you know all of that type of stuff um really doesn't help them a lot no so you know what can we do we just got to lean into being young being ourselves and yeah sort of playing into those strengths. And, and how did you do that? How did you sort of back yourself to lean into it? Man, the insecurities were really deep, you know. Like, yeah. like you know, I, I came in and I was very strong on the marketing side and I was able to win a lot of, um, sort of you know, really, really good projects. But then I didn't have, and I still don't have all the skills and the knowledge to, to necessarily deliver them. Mm. very comfortably mm. you know, like everything is a challenge because like you know like if you're if you know if you're doing a, a multi-million dollar building you've never done a dry basement before for example mm. like there's there's certain feelings that mm. that come with that you mm. know so some of it is just realizing that it's not just about the work and mm. I, and it's kind of weird saying that it's more about the experience you know we don't deliver cabinets we deliver a client experience yeah 100 percent 100 percent 
Yeah, I used to feel that. Like I, I had heaps of sort of insecurities. We'd be taking on all this work and I'm like, you know, I haven't done stuff like this before or we'd been doing a lot of jobs which are for the first, like of their kind. But then I just think about it, you know, people that have been in the industry for like 40, 50 years, they had to do everything for a first time as well. But one thing that no one will beat us at is that we're the best learners. No matter what, we will always get to the solution. And so I think you can put any of the best builder in the world up against us, but I don't think anyone actually cares as much as we do that we will stop at nothing to get to the solution. I thought, you know what, that's the best service. So I feel so confident in that. Mm. But you get more confident with more mistakes that you make as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I was speaking to um, <clears throat> one of, uh, another business partner that we have. So it's me, Dom, and actually another guy called Leo Fortuna. Uh, who just works behind the scenes is a bit of a silent operator, Leo. But um, I was talking to him about his concreting because he's a, he's a concreter by trade back in the day. And he said, mate, I've made every fucking mistake possible. Mm. So every job that he goes into, he's confident that if anything goes wrong, he knows how to fix it. You know, And I think mm. that just comes with time as well. So part of going into that space, uh, we haven't made those mistakes yet. You know, and my, Actually, my, one of our biggest jobs a couple of years ago went quite poorly uh in the beginning i sat down with the clients it was really bad anyway pulled the whole thing together the clients and i are now tight as mates and actually they're one of our best referrers of work so and the way that we dealt with that and and how we work through it now we use that as a formula for every other job Mm. you know yeah the other thing that helped me a lot was this uh, this mantra of make less money like yeah. if it's a problem that money can fix, just fucking oh, it, dude. then it's not a problem. Mm, you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Because otherwise you you go nowhere. You know? Yeah, everyone's so fucking caught up on oh you got to hit this, you got to hit that. Like in terms of like money and and um, uh, gross profit on each job and all this sort of shit, man. And actually, Leo is one is a big advocate for this as well. He said if it costs money, just fucking pay the money, get it fixed. Right, and and it'll come back to you in later on. You know that that money that you're spending on that will come back to you on another job. So if it's something that money can fix, you just do it. Yeah, yeah. It's better to be in business long term than just trying to make the most profit off one job. Yeah, yeah. Because we've we've set ourselves up to do work that's difficult. You know, mm-hmm. like we're we're you know we we want to achieve something big and we're pushing ourselves and that just naturally comes with. Mm you know, work that's difficult and we're going to make more mistakes and sacrifice margin to fix them. It's just it's just the nature of life, I guess, mm. in terms of what we're doing. Yeah. How do you feel that your business is going? Um, I'm in a, you know, actually I'm, I'm in a position where it's, a, it's been a pretty tough period. Yeah. I think my confidence has sort of really taken a pretty significant hit in the mm. past sort of three, four months and that – that level, just that blind faith in yourself is sort of wavering a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, but, you know, what's getting me through is this idea of, you know, we're not building cabinets, we're building brand, we're building relationships, reputation. I'm not going to be building cabinets forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be building houses forever, you know? That's sort of just, and having that patience. You know, just being young, you just fucking want everything right now. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it's, it's hard to be. Man, yeah, I love patient. your honesty. Yeah. It's nice. It's real nice. What part of the business kind of are you most passionate about? I love the marketing, marketing uh, client liaison and just sort of differentiating the experience that we deliver. So, you know, making architects feel comfortable. Mm. Um, so the relationship side yeah, is huge. For the, you. the marketing and the relationship side. Yeah. I, I'm not a tra- I'm, not, I'm not a tradie. I went to school and I came out and started a trade based business. But I'm not a cabinet maker. Mm. You know, so that so the I, I have you know really significant challenges around production and delivery of the actual work. Which arguably is is 
is the most important part, but I would say it's probably only 70%. You know, I think the, the auxiliary, the brand, the experience, all of that probably is 30%. Mm. Maybe even more. Yeah. Probably more, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I reckon more. Don't, like, that, this, is, this is the thing, you know, that gets a lot of people. Like, Dom and I... We, I, I didn't, I didn't, I started a carpentry apprenticeship, but I didn't finish it. I um, was a painter uh, for my father's company, um, just doing that, and then um, had renovated a couple of homes myself, built some homes, but never have I, you know, done a, gone and done a building course or, or followed the formula that everyone thinks you need to follow mm-hmm. to be a builder. And I think that people struggle with that when they, you know, especially a couple of years ago, it was fuck, it was so tough for me. Because two years or oh no, just over twelve months ago, I was put in a position where I thought, all right, like, do I move out of this space or do or do I go, you know, full on into it? And that's when I called Dom. It was like two years ago now, and he was overseas. And I said, man, do you want to do you want to jump into LVL with me? <clears throat> I had another business partner at the time, and Dom said, yeah, let's do it. So he came back from overseas, and then we went full head first into LVL. Um, and that's when we started concentrating more on the brand and the marketing and the people involved in the business and less about the actual the money, you know, mm-hmm. and less about the 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 you know the the actual sales like this not the sales but like we didn't really have a sales team but it was less it was less about where the work was coming from and more about now building a brand, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it, it literally changed the business in twelve months and also it. It created a bit more confidence in me because Dom kept saying, "You don't need to be, you know, the most knowledgeable builder to be able to get the best jobs. You just need to have a good team around you and mm-hmm. people that you can trust." And I think that like people just love dealing with us as individuals. And then now we've got the team that can, you know, that can match that. We've got our, our entire team is just animals. Like I, I, you know, happily let them run the jobs themselves without us ever stepping foot on site we just do it as a formality now Mm. and i think that that confidence has come over actually dom putting it into me saying that you you know you don't need to follow that status quo of what every other builder's done and it's Mm. the same as you being a cabinet maker you don't have to go and do this fucking crazy apprenticeship there you know and be told that this is what this person did and this is how they got there there is no straight road to follow you know it's whatever you make it yeah, man, it's all um, there is. There is no sort of one one way about it now. You know, I think I think, um, it, but it, it's a it, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I think um, I, I find myself sort of drowning in opportunity sometimes. Mm. You sort of you have so many opportunities coming your way, <laughs> and then you don't know sort of what to like. Mm. You, and then it's overwhelming, like, like the paradox like, of choice. Yeah, and you mess yourself over. Yeah. You know, like I I straight out of high school, my parents gave me the opportunity to build. Build, uh, build their house. Yeah, it was like 19 years old. Did my first million dollar plus building project. Huge. And then I was, and I just, and then I, I, I lined up a bunch of work, lost it all because all the projects got cancelled, mm. and it just fucked me. Like mm. it was, I was just, just put me in a really, really shitty place at the age of 20. You mm. know? And then, did your confidence take a hit from that? Because it would have spiked, obviously, from that initial. Huge. Build. I thought, I thought I was like on top of the world, man. Yeah. I was like. Like who's like which? I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be the first DVU. I'm gonna be the first like what? I'm gonna be 22. Yeah, I'm gonna be a DVU, whatever. Yeah. Like, and then, and then I just, um, yeah, it was just no good after that. Yeah. And then, how'd you come back from that? It's all I got. I got to give it to my psychologist, man. I went to see this lady, Doctor Ling Mu, and um, she helped me realize I got to take small, actionable steps. You know, yeah. I was 19 trying to do the biggest, baddest projects around town. You know, I started a, pro- a project management business. 
called plot project management. Mm -hmm. And that was um, you know, trying to do uh, contract admin for architects, mm -hmm. you know, got, I had a few meetings, got no leads, no, no jobs. And then from my psychologist, she helped me realize I got to take small actionable steps. Mm. And my family is in joinery and I had a few years doing retail, like selling kitchens to mum and dads and whatnot. Mm. And then from that architectural sort of passion that I developed, mm. sort of bring joining those two together and then pivoted my plot brand into joinery. Where's the family's joinery business? Here, oh. Clayton and Oakley. So we do stone and joinery. Oh, nice. Yeah. The difficult part is they don't do architectural work. Yeah. And it's a whole different world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Different when you're doing like, uh, you know, those Metricon home type things. 50 apartments, yeah, whatever, it's, it's different. Way different, yeah. man. Yeah. Actually, Dom always had a good point with me back to that thing that I was saying before. He always said, do you think the CEO of Qantas is a pilot? Fuck no. Do you know what I mean? Like the guy that's mm. driving the ship, do you reckon he's ever flown a plane in his life? Yeah, he's actually yeah. like a guru in marketing and business, pretty much what you are, yeah. bro. Gary V says he would never be able to get uh, hired in his business. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know Gary V. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's like I, I, I run, I built this thing, but I'd never be able to get a job here. Yeah. So that's that speaks to what that's you. That's literally me. Yeah, it's probably me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. like so you might never see yourself going through construction management and then blah 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 blah. Is, is it just you, pretty much running plot? Um, it's just me. Yeah. How do you do that, bro? Well, so what's that like? So, Just yourself. So it's you know. So firstly, I I use my family's factories as as a as one component of the production. Yeah. And then I have to bring in other things, other suppliers, other guys mm. to work with us to get the product to where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and so that takes off a huge part of the workload mm -hmm. because the basic admin, the basic CNC work, mm. that that type of stuff is can be offloaded. Mm. Um, but. And I thought it was going to be even less work than I than it is now because I've recently, in the past sort of six months, I've taken on all the shop drawings. So I do all the shop drawings myself now because there were serious issues sort of around that. Yep. Um, but we are hiring now. I need I need I need one or two really good tradesmen to sort of come in and, and help me on that on the you know on, on the you know I least I just uh, lease my own little factory, um, just on the factory side and the install side. Mm. So I'm looking to hire it is. Um, and then what about who do you go for when you've got like some tough decisions to make or you're just feeling down about the business? Um, so the yeah, so one of the difficult things is, is uh, it's incredibly lonely. Mm. You know, it's incredibly lonely. And no matter how much we try to take on full accountability for everything, mm. you know, that, you know, and, and accountability does give you freedom in some sense because at the end of the day, everything is on you. But it also gives you pressure because at the end of the day, everything's on, on you. you you know so that that does that is difficult i mean i've i've been lucky i've, I've got a really good support network mm. like with my you know just seeing the struggle of my parent like you know it, coming to australia when i was five and just seeing the shit that they ate like just that alone sort of really helps give me gives me the confidence like mm. they went through that 20 times worse than i than what i'm going through i mm. can go through it mm. but beyond that just just having people to talk to um, is that like the experiences you draw upon when it gets hard, like a reference point? Is there like a specific thing you think about? Yeah, I just like, I mean, like we used to walk to Preston Market to save petrol. Like, what the fuck am I worried about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no shit. Like, what? A, but it's still hard, you know. Like, you know, you're living in a big house and you, you, um, 
you know, you, you know, you've got these ideas because you're meant to be making this much money, but then you, but then you're not because, because you, you, you overestimated or things go wrong or whatever, mm. whatever. And it's still, you know, working, you know, like just working through all those things. Yeah, for sure. Nothing ever really goes to plan. Yeah. Like, you know, you've <laughs> got to be willing to, to change the plan. Yeah. Like when I, when I was 19, I bought my first house and then I built some townhouses behind it. By the, and then when I was 20, I think three, I bought another place, renovated that. And then I had these big plans to start developing. And then, you know, some shit went down with LVL. I had to lend some money to the business. Next thing you know, you're back to fucking square one. Mm. you know and then every time that you know you think that you're going to get to that next level you get faced with a new challenge and just this week dom and i on monday i said to him i feel like that right now we're being faced with a whole bunch of new challenges because it's the universe asking us to take the business to the next level mm. you know so it tests you before you're ready to get to that level so they're the little things that you need to to be able to push through and be resilient for to be able to take you i i feel like that being a business owner is just how much shit you can cop you know and, yeah. and and how much how much you can handle and how much pressure you can you, you can handle and i feel like that yeah. you know i'm lucky because i got dom whenever shit's bad like just before i got off the phone to someone and straight away i'm just chatting to dom about it you know mm. so i i um, hats off to you man to be able to do it by yourself i don't know how the fuck you do it <laughs> yeah no well I, you know it's it's you know, i got family you know i got i got my dad i got yeah. you know i got people to talk to but um at the end of the day you know you just, <laughs> you just do but it. it doesn't matter if it's two guys or, or ten or, or one. It's you, you know, like entrepreneurship. I think, I, I think it's pretty dangerous these days. Like starting a business is really cool, mm. like, but it's not all that, man. Nah, <laughs> everyone thinks it's it's, yeah. it's easy. That's why actually something that we're really fond of is involving our whole team in 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 things and decisions so that they understand. Although Dom and I are on site every day doing stuff what it actually takes to run a business you know and they're they're aware of everything that goes on in the business so that they understand that everybody's in it together because you might not actually see the decisions we might make 500 decisions in a day mm. small decisions that affect the the business but unless everybody's aware of what's going on because they know they report back to us about what's going on on site so they mm. feel like that maybe they're the only ones doing the work so if we involve everyone in every decision that's going on and so that they understand exactly what we're doing there's like a mutual respect as well yeah um so the first thing we talked about was uh, lvl isn't just about building we're mm. we're here to build a community and mm. sort of you know build our reputation and and work with the opportunities that naturally arise because of that so what what are some of the long-term strategies or tactics or initiatives that we're doing you know i saw you guys were doing apparel I saw, you know, things like that. So what are we thinking about? Like building things with the community? Yeah. Yeah. We opened up this gym or not really opened a gym. We built a gym for like our staff um, when isolation closed all those gyms. Mm -hmm. And so we want to open that up like on weekends for people to just come down and use and like run mm -hmm. some cool shit out of there. And that's just to create an experience. Um, already, already that's pumping. Like yeah. This morning I rocked up to our gym and six o'clock and i opened the roller door and there was like 20 people in there yeah and I, some of them i didn't even know yeah which is awesome that's the best part friends are just inviting friends and people are down there pumping weights mm -hmm. like it's awesome you know so there's already that community that's building down there definitely and then we want to like get some more people in our events mm -hmm. you know with the team we'll run goal setting workshops and like anything workshops on feedback negotiation and eventually we want more people to be able to just come in and join those and, and share what they know and, and maybe they learn something as well mm. yeah 
Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, this idea of the the gym and having a community like, um, I I always said I I don't want to build a full on crazy full time cabinet making business, but if I do start my own factory, uh, you know, with machines and whatever, I want it to be like a hangout spot for people who sort of may not have access to the machinery and whatnot, but a place that people can come together and innovate and work together and collaborate on things. Hundred percent. So that I I really I like the idea of the physical space, mm. and um, with you know, COVID and things happening and the transition in culture, I think physical space has to be more more about experience. You know, it can't just be an office for the sake of an office. It has to be oh, about the experience 100%. in that space. Dude, you should see our office, man. Like, where it's set up is, it's just a man cave. Really. Yeah, it's literally an adult playground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, there's always people popping in and out, um, people using the gym, like, We've got the scooters in there. Dom's got his dirt bike in there every now and then. He goes and does a couple of laps around the block. <laughs> <on that. laughs> it's just like you know, it's all it's all about everyone who comes there just has a bit of fun and you know, it's like a, it's an inviting place to come into. It's not these little cubicles where they're set up mm. and every, people come and they just do their little work on their computer. We have no set desks, no set mm. workspace. We've got big couches, Apple TV. You know, it's just games and puzzles. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's like just a malleable space. Yeah. Create whatever you want. Yeah. So on the construction business side, what's what's our plan for that? What do we want to head it <coughs> head into with that? Well, it's always been a dream of mine to be the best uh, architectural builder in Australia. Shit, I thought that was me. No, that's <laughs> me, man. Sorry, bro. There's only room for one of us in here. <laughs> no, there's room for everyone. But yeah, no, just I just want to, uh, to be honest. Like, it's always been a dream of mine to go to Milan Design Week and have something, have something that we've built there. So, I think that you know, and take my mum, um, and because my mum was an interior designer as a kid, like when I was growing up. So, like, I think it'd be pretty fresh to be able to take my mum and and dad over to to Milan and show them something that we've built, um, and then something else that. You know, coincides with that is Dom wants to buy old castles overseas, yeah, and renovate those and 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 build them and back into their original form. You know, and um, so I think that yeah, we just we, like building is something that I want to do for forever. Um, and whether or not it's our own projects or other people's, we haven't we haven't fully decided yet. But right now, the next five years, uh, more much more high end residential stuff moving into projects. You know, hopefully in the tens of millions. Um, and then after that, I guess it's just whether or not we we have the the money and the and the resources to do it ourselves, or whether we just continue doing it for other people. And along the way, like it's so important that we want to contribute to the streetscape. Yeah. Like when we do a build, it actually lifts the value of all other houses on that street up. You know, I, I want to do builds, or we both want to do builds that people don't want to touch for at least fifty years. You know, we're not just trying to get in there, squeeze as much cash out of it. You know, lower all the bloody um, costs on everything and try and get away with as cheap as possible. You know, we want quality things that actually contribute beauty and experience. We've been sent some, what people would think are great opportunities, you know, 12 townhouses that they they said were high-end, which we could have made lots of money off, but we've said no to because they're ugly, you know, and we don't want to be associated, we don't want our brand to be, or, or just us as individuals to be associated with something like that. Mm. I drive around, even the shit that I built when I was 18, 19, I'm actually ashamed of it because I look at it and I think that's so ugly. What was I thinking? But at the time, I thought it was the best thing ever. Man, I had a shower 
put in with 12 jets coming off it with lights in there. Yeah, baby. Dude, it was <laughs> fucked, man. And me and my brother were like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> my chicks are going to love this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that, that really resonates with me. Mm. Like, I'm finishing up two units right now down my way and um, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Hate and, it. But, it's, it, but that's not fair for the client and for whatnot, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like... I think, you know, it's it goes back to that idea of just wanting to get somewhere that you're not ready for, yeah. you know? Like, uh, you know, this idea of I want to build the fanciest houses or whatever. Yeah. But you're not there yet, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, mm. so, um, that, I, yeah, I, I really hear you on that. Yeah. Mm. I think they're adding to the streetscape rather than taking from it. Actually, I was thinking about it the other day. I heard this quote. I can't remember who it was, but... I, I think maybe it was you that told me this. It was like everywhere you go, make sure you leave it in a better way or a better condition mm. than, than than how you found it. And I feel like the building should be the same. You know, don't go and if, if if someone comes to you with a renovation that you genuinely think is shit, why go and build it? You know, mm. because you know the money the money is only like a small part of of what of what you're getting for that job. You know, mm. and and what you'll be receiving. And I feel like that. If there's so many builders out there just happy to build anything, happy to do anything, and I just think that it's just not the right mentality. So yeah. uh, I've seen people knock down beautiful Victorian homes, you know, and I just think, holy shit, yeah, mm. like then these homes are, have history, you know, they they actually add character and they're a part of mm. what makes you know s- s- parts of Melbourne so beautiful, and then they're just being knocked down to build these ugly. You know, dual locks or side by side townhouses or something fucked. Pardon, me. am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, yeah, so. fuck it. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, where's the compelling vision for a hundred or hundred and fifty years time? You know that everyone's inspired by. Do you do you feel like that's more architect led by the architects? Mm. Well, I feel like it's limited by the council as well. Mm. You know, they're letting a lot of shit happen that's just junk. And then they're not letting stuff happen that's super creative. Like, I, I, yeah, it doesn't make sense, man. Like, sometimes I drive around suburbs and I think there's 10 houses in the street that, are like, I just don't know how they've gotten past council. And then I see plans plans being, you know, knocked back that I just think, oh, my God, this, this house is so beautiful. How could anybody possibly, you know, knock that back? And it's all based on what people in the street or other people that have no building experience, nothing can object to, which I just think is ridiculous. It's hard, though, because... Design is so subjective as well, you know. Um, it is very subjective, and I do want to say, like your point about, you know, like knocking down Victorians and whatever. Like I'm not, I I, t- I totally understand what you're saying, but for me, it's like who am I to judge, you know? Um, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh man, you're all entitled to your own opinions. It's just that's mm. just how I, I grew up in a Victorian, so I I, I have a soft spot for them. You know yeah. what I mean? Was there a house that you stepped into or saw that really made you fall in love with architectural building? Was there a moment for you guys? There's actually been a few houses Mm. that I've been to. There's been a few moments in my life where I've gone into places and I've thought, holy shit, this is epic. But ever since I was a little kid, so we used to have a stack of Vogue um, magazine and there's something else, uh, something home ideas or some shit that used to sit next to the toilet. When I was a kid So I used to just flick through them And just look at houses Because we didn't have iPhones back then You know So How old are you? 
um, 29 or 29 okay. this year. Yeah. yeah. So when I was a kid, we didn't like, you know, I'm talking like from the age of six until I went to boarding school. So 16, like I used to just sit there and, and just flick through that. You know, or read the back of a shampoo bottle. You know what I mean? Work mm. out what's in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. But like, <laughs> but ma- mostly just magazines and stuff. And I used to actually just enjoy the architecture and, and the soft furnitures and that st- sort of stuff. And I used to think, you know, hopefully one day I can be doing stuff like this. And that's I actually have an obsession with Art Deco. That's my favourite period. Okay. Mm. What are you, Dom? Yeah, my, mine's literally just like Italian castles. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, just straight up castles, man, all across Europe. And also, like... So, so you're like that kid that reads the, reads the Google Maps and loves it? Dude, I go on Google Earth all the time and I just zoom in and travel around like the Italian streets yeah. through like European castles. I go on this website called Lineards all the time. It's where they sell all the castles. <laughs> it's the best, dude. But yeah, just all those royal palaces. I just loved like how lavish it was and just but the the years that they would put into the architecture. Like I used to read about like like ancient Egypt, all that sort of shit. I love it. And there were things there that they would build over the span of hundreds of years and like the detail and the effort and the love that they would put into that architecture. And then you'd read stories that something was so crazy that then gouged the architect's eyes out and all this sort of stuff. And I just thought, fuck, like they put so much effort into this. Yeah. And, their lives. Uh, huh? Literally their lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're thinking that they – when they're building something, they're thinking, I want to build this and I want it to exist for the next thousand years. You know, like I can't think of many things in my life that I'm even putting something, thinking about how will people see this in a hundred years' time or like fucking 20 or 10 years' time. Yeah. Other than just, you know, the renovations we do and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the world's moving faster. Sort of just, just, just been that huge cultural shift where – we're not taking 4,000 years to build a wall or something. Yeah, but these castles look amazing for 2,000 years. Like what builds have you seen recently in the past 50 years that are going to look amazing for the next 200 years? Like to me, not that many, man. Yeah. I wonder what – like some of these beautiful Victorian homes, for example, what were they? Th- what did they think 150 years ago when they built them? Like did they think that these would just be around yeah, they for, were just developed for ages? Like if you go – there's this street that we're actually – we've done a couple of renos in and we've got another really beautiful architectural reno coming up in Cambridge Street, Armadale. Hectic heritage overlay there. Like you can do not much to the front of the house, even the colour, like everything there, you know, you need council approval. Anyway, it was, the whole street, both sides, was developed by one person. And it was like back then he was probably thinking, oh, this is great. I'm going to be making so much money here. You mm-hmm. know, he probably didn't realise that. But I, I think that they just put, <laughs> I don't know, maybe just a bit more time and effort back into it then. The building method was a lot different. It required a lot more manual labour. So I don't know. There's mm. just maybe just a bit more love put into it. But I feel like it's coming back. Like we, we when we first started, we did a lot of defect rectification work and between between 2000 and, say, 2010, there was a lot of shit building going on. Mm-hmm. But then from 2010 till current, I feel like that the industry has actually taken a shift back to doing – and I think it's come a lot from, you know, the uh, VBA and, you know, actually building surveys and that sort of stuff, putting a lot more pressure on builders to do better jobs. And I feel like there's a lot more processes and steps involved now that's stopping people from doing that shit work. But that doesn't affect the design side of it. But I think that – like we just went through a period where it was just about how quick you could get things done, not about doing it properly. But I feel like there's a shift back to doing stuff properly now. Yeah. Um, marketing thoughts on that? Like, what are you guys doing, thinking about for that? 
just for LVL groups yeah. specifically. It's all yeah. in this dude's head. <laughs> Nobody knows. Changes day by day. <laughs> Marketing. I think it's just about how you can just communicate us as people mm. and just communicate what's real. You know, like we could spend all our time trying to like create this sort of myth that we want to be perceived as. Um, but with that, it's so inconsistent. Like the only consistent thing is just us being us. So I just think that's got to be at least the intention with whatever shit we decide to do. But I don't like any of that uniform shit where it's like, you know, just the same looking ads or the same looking photos or you got to do this this way or that that way. Do you know what I mean? Like following yeah. formulas. It's the LVL way. Yeah, we actually had we went and saw an architect like twelve months ago when we were just starting to do more high end stuff, and we just said to him, you know, what do you recommend? He goes, oh, we'll find a, one really good job that you've done, and then just use that as you, for your entire Instagram. And I was like, I almost fell asleep by the end of the conversation. I was like, that sounds like the shittest idea. And then I went through every single builder's page, and I'm not having to go any builders like they're doing their thing, and they've been told that that's a formula that works. But I'm telling you right now, like there's nothing more disengaging than seeing the same job a hundred times, you know. But, but there's also, you know, we spoke about earlier that that mass insecurity about sort of your, how you're perceived and, yeah. and whatnot. Like, yes, I think people a safe option. Yeah, people don't understand that an architect will literally send you a tender because his bicycle has the same pedal of, as your bicycle that you posted on mm. Instagram. Yeah, like it's that, that's that's all it takes. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's um so. One of our business partner Leo, the other guy, sometimes Don will upload shit and he'll call one of us and he's like, "Take that down." He's like, "That looks shit," and we're like, "Dude, shut up, man!" Like, you know what I mean? Like, he 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 really gets worked up because he even he gets sucked into the formula sometimes. Sorry, Leo, if you hear this, love you, <laughs> love you bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but like sometimes we'll upload, you know, because we we do a, we have a part of the business that we don't market, which is um, we do express renovations we call them which is like one bedroom two bedroom units or little houses paint carpet new floorboards repaint like uh new cabinetry that sort of thing right real express stuff we don't ever put it on our instagram anymore like uh, as uploads but we do stories and the boys do walkthroughs because it's work that they're proud of and our junior pms they train on it right so so they're fucking really proud of this stuff one of them Lockie, has five jobs on at the moment so for him to have five jobs and not, not us not put a single bit of that on instagram would just be so rude to him so we put it on there and we love it he loves it all the team loves it but leo sometimes calls us and says you know that doesn't fit the formula but man we got no formula yeah it, it is um it is hard i like i even i sometimes think about it you know like you know with uh, this is my second year in business and so sort of we're very we've very quickly shifted into um large architectural joinery packages you know so i'm so i'm also thinking about you know what what time what type of content i'm am i putting out there and what type of you know what's what's that perception Mm. and um i i want to just put it all out there yeah like i i even but i I went a little too far i think once I, i made a post saying like you know pretty much like we're not the best joiners around and we make mistakes yeah pretty much and i had clients calling me the next day like like are you okay like should we like did we make it like okay. you know so so i <laughs> like did, like, should, like i probably yeah, but then what ended up having from those conversations uh, oh good like i didn't lose any clients but i took i ended up taking down the post because what i came down to it what came you know is i felt like i was almost virtue signaling like i was trying to like say like look i'm so righteous I'm oh being yeah, honest, yeah yeah you know what i mean i was like what the fuck look am i doing being authentic yeah or whatever. yeah i was like what the fuck am i doing you know and i think the other thing i arrived at was 
who am I to take away the confidence of my clientele in me? Yeah. And who am I to, to do not to not do what's best for my business? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Don't bro. beef with what's best for your business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that everything every, everything that we put on is is good for our business. It's just whether or not it's uh, like it it people who are doing or the architects that are doing the high end jobs when they say it's doing that those little jobs they think oh they're just one of those companies that that does those smaller jobs but those smaller jobs serve a purpose you know like that that's how we train our team and make sure that they're able to do mm. you know the bigger jobs because if you've got five small jobs going at once with five clients right mm. five different schedules across all those jobs and then all the finishes are different on each, each one mm. if you can manage that in and they they go between like two and two-month periods so if you can deliver those in those periods and have that much work going on i guarantee you that you can manage any bigger job because it's one client mm. it's one schedule but it's and still it's like five trades yeah for each of those oh jobs. yeah for each of those jobs is five trades but then on the bigger job it's one client you know one architect one list finishes schedule and one actual schedule that you have to follow like mm. you know it, it's actually although it's on a bigger scale it's almost easier to manage that than it is for those smaller jobs so it's just a great testing ground that we that we're not going to get rid of. Yeah. One thing I got to say though, like with marketing, it's not like we've clocked marketing or whatever. Like yeah. we're not marketing gurus, haven't we? <laughs> well, it's more just we've worked out what we like to do and what works for us. Yeah. You know, what works for us may not work for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see people uploading all those incredible, beautiful photos of architectural builds and shit, and that obviously works for them. Mm-hmm. It's more like what can we do that almost because our thing is we uh, we want LVL Group to not need an introduction. You know, so when people meet us, they actually already understand our vibe, what we're about, what we stand for, who we are, mm. what we like doing. And um, and so really those are like our values in it. So marketing is more of just a way for us to communicate that, have the conversation with a person without us actually being there initially. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So Dave, Dave's um, Imperial Builders, they're pretty reputable in, mm. in that space. And I said to him like, you know that, like that first five-minute bullshit conversation you have with a client? Like that really makes a huge impact on whether you win the job or not right so i said by putting your story out there and by by having that conversation at scale you're saving yourself a lot of time and you're interacting with a lot more people than you'd otherwise be able to Mm. so it's um it's communication at scale i I guess is a good way to sum that up what's marketing mean for you um marketing big broad term marketing is um marketing is just a uh it's just fancy sales. It's just it's just it's selling it's it's selling something not in a way that's like fifty percent off. Come buy these tomatoes. You know what oh I mean? God. It's it's just. I get it, tired just hearing that. Yeah, I actually just have a little nut. Ma- marketing <laughs> is like for me. It's about you know. I guess from a strategic from a strategic standpoint, it's about providing value to your audience, providing value to to those who are consuming whatever you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then letting the serendipity and the karma of that sort of come back to you. Mm. Um, not expect, so, you know, my personal strategy is um, you know, create content, provide value, expect nothing in return. Yeah, so just give. Just give and... Um, and how would you say you're doing? Like, how are you going at that if you had to rate yourself? I'd say from an external standpoint... I'm doing very well. I think internally, that's still a very difficult thing to do, even for me. Never good enough. Like not never good. Oh, like it's yeah. never it's never where you want it to be. You always want well, more. It's um, it, in terms of like if I audit my marketing right now, I guess in terms of the 
the strategy, um, I think I've, I've done a good job. I've never said, call us for your cabinetry needs or, or you know, or we're the best joiners around town or whatever. It's just about providing valuable information. Um, yeah, it, it, I do. I do run ads though. I oh, do yeah. not so much now because I, I'm pretty well booked out. But um, I need to do more volume, mm. more, more volume of content. So on a tactical side, I need to do more volume of content. What's one thing you reckon you've done with your marketing or whatever you've implemented that you think other people could also implement, and you'd guarantee that it works? Um, I'll just along the lines of what you guys said, just being more authentic and and I guess uh, providing value. So n- just changing that mindset of I'm on Instagram so that I can sell more cabinets. Changing that to I'm on Instagram so that I can share with the people valuable information about what I do. Mm. That, I think that's that's the biggest, like that's the foundational switch that needs to happen. Is we're not here to advertise to sell product. We're here to provide value. What do you audience. think the next big thing is? If it's Instagram now, what do you think's next? I just got invited onto the Clubhouse app. Oh yeah, and uh, I just got that invitation as well. Did you? It's a, it's a, vo- it's like, it's like chat rooms. It's like internet chat rooms, but it's voice only, and you can, you know, you can create rooms and create clubs, and and so you know, there might be a room, no, this room might be talking about internet marketing, or this room might be talking about TikTok strategies, or this room might be yeah, talking about yeah, but it's like live audio. It started with like all these celebs and like entrepreneurs and shit, and you can, they can't be recorded, they're not kept on file or whatever. Yeah. So you can just go into these rooms, search whatever, and just start listening, and it'll be playing like Oprah's on it, like spitting fucking Fire. good shit. Mate, I was into this sick one yesterday. Um, this guy from like Atlanta, he was running this like rap singing competition. It had oh, yeah. it was like full like live radio sound effects and everything. It was cool. But then there's like I was I was listening to one this morning about um, creatives in Australia. So it's just a bunch of people talking about making content and Vegemite and shit. And really, I think that's a really good place to build community. So if you're about community, I think that Clubhouse is a you know I think building the building like the Melbourne construction community or whatever on there. Um, so that's what you're backing. That's the horse you reckon that's going to that, work that and uh, That and TikTok. How have you <laughs> – you're on TikTok? I am. I haven't I haven't made many videos. I've tried – I've dabbled Are in it. Are you like twerking on it? I'm definitely twerking on it, <laughs> but I'm more so showing off cabinets. Get a bit and of joinery. There's a little pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, TikTok's awesome. There's a lot of like construction companies and like you guys would do really well on TikTok. You think so? Yeah, you guys would do really well on TikTok. Um, Maybe we should give it a crack. You, you we should. We should get Leo onto it. Little Leo. Yeah, that'd be funny. Good idea, bro. Yeah, I think I think you should definitely give give TikTok a go. Um, the way I, you know, I think there's a lot of, it's less so now, but especially like if you go about six, eight months ago, a year ago, everyone's like TikTok fucking like, you know, mm. uh, you know, we're, you know that, that's, that's for little kids or whatever. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, in the same way that I'm not going to judge the, you know, developers knocking down a Victorian, whatever it's, I don't judge where the consumer attention is. Mm. You know, if the consumer attention is on TikTok, then go fuck for it, it. Let's go to TikTok. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. we can't, we're not here to, to dictate whether the market's right or wrong. We're, we, you know, as marketers, you follow the market, mm. you know? Mm. So 
Um, TikTok, I think podcast is relatively untapped still as well. Mm. I think it's just like micro podcasts, like, you know, like mm. what is we're doing. Is this a micro podcast? Uh, you know, it's pretty small, mm. but, you know, just sort of really niche down podcast. You know, yeah. this is site this year is, you know, we've got a studio in Richmond talking to Melbourne based construction and, uh, you know, people in the construction industry. Um, so I just, I think, I think Clubhouse is really interesting. Um, I think TikTok is where the attention is right now. Mm. Um, and, you know, look, once once um, once Sky News starts pumping out TikToks, once whatever, you know, your clients are all going to be on there. You know what I mean? Mm. Not saying your clients are all Sky News people, but yeah. like... No, I get it. But, you know... It actually is kind of interesting though because like some people... So actually my girlfriend did some TikTok like and got, I don't know, like a million views or something fucked. Really? Yeah, yeah, some dumbass yeah. video. And then they created, I, I don't know how it works. I think, is it, do they create trends? Is that right? Yeah, there's trends. It's like, you know, like, you know, this week you might be twerking your left booty cheek and next week you might be the other one. And then, like, let me know when that trends up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll report it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, she was Just doing Just send me like, the files that I should report. She was doing some, some, some running thing. I don't know. Anyway, and then all of a sudden all these other people started doing it and. Oh really? Did yeah. she create a trend? Yeah, a little trendy Wendy. Holy shit! Should we shout her out? Give yeah, her a little yeah, shout yeah. out. Zoe, <laughs> click like, subscribe. <laughs> we'll click yo that yo yo! Out. Click like, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I think I, I actually do. I get the TikTok thing, and I actually think because we are, I, I feel like it would get a different audience. Actually, someone was explaining it to me really well. Um, a friend of mine, Marty Fox, who. He's in real estate. I'm not sure whether you know who I, he is. I know Marty. I tried to get him to sell my parents' house, and he wouldn't. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, don't click like, subscribe. <laughs> so, but no, yeah. I love Marty. I, I really, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Yeah. He met me, he called me a laser beam. We were meant to have a meeting and we never met. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah. that's okay. I, I love what he's doing. He's, 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 the, he's the king of marketing. But um, he was telling me that, uh, so a lot of his clients, right, and actually this is a great example, you, and I'm a good example as well. So he's, he people say, oh, your clients, you know, they have, you know, the people that you want to sell for, they've got multi-million dollar homes. You think that they're going to be on Instagram watching this shit? He goes, no, but their kids will. And then their kids will tell them to use me. My parents sold their house with him because I told them to use him. You know, they've had some blokes sending yeah. letters. They've had some blokes sending letters to mum and dad's house for the last 30 years. They lived in the same house for 30 years. And this poor guy missed the listing because their son convinced them to go with this new young gun. You know, and Marty and I were friends beforehand, before before he sold the house. But it was just like, and my parents had never met him before, but they just trusted my word and what I saw on social media. So that's the thing with TikTok. It actually has just resonated with me. So true. Yeah, that that's, all, that's it, it would actually be our clients' Look, kids. Like you went to boarding school, right? Sign up right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm thinking we should do LVL, like birthday party service where you dress up as like the mascots <laughs> and we do birthday parties and then the kids... They're like conditioned from a young age to love LVL. And then Are you listening to this guy? <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm talking about—the marketing in the head. It's just—I've got, I've, can I've you got two cut ideas. That? Is that <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we're not cutting anything out. We can cut it out for you and highlight it. <laughs> um, you went to boarding school. Which school did you go to? Geelong Grammar. All right, that's perfect. So you could literally make content around Geelong Grammar. And the kids from Geelong Grammar will get their parents to exactly right to, to build with you. Yeah, you know when you go around the office block in a, in your dirt bike mm. in Mexico, you can yeah. you can uh, you, you put that up there, and that you know like that that could have a huge impact. Yeah, people would love that shit, man. Because yeah. bike life, it's got a there's a big culture around that actually. Create just create awareness, you know. 
around but the you're so true. Life. It's like connecting to the influences that actually influence decisions. Like the kids can have a bigger influence over the parent's decision than just like what you conventionally think. Or if someone really yeah. likes, you know, r- cycling, for instance, and we're cycling with people, just the fact that we're cycling together mm. has more of a chance of us getting a job with them than us just trying to like pitch the building business. Well, you could make a TikTok of you, you rolling up on site on your bike in your Lycra, one of the boys hands you a little coffee and you walk in and you tell people what to do, eight-second video, like, that could hit, you know what yeah, I mean? really. Like, that sounds like a cool twisting video idea. Twisting ankle, twisting a little ankle. Yeah. Yeah, Dom, twist your- There's always a gag that when Dom comes on side, he stacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm like this drunk person in high heels. <laughs> yeah, stack, and then one of the boys catches you. Like, so, like, you know, there's, um, there's so many things that you could do. Yeah. Which I'm not doing, so you should do. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you in on it. Yeah, get me in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Hmm. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about today? Holy shit, really flipping the script. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys have asked me questions. All of the other guys don't ask me questions. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, Dom rolls like that. He always flips on him and asks him questions. It's a good way to break it up as well because it's nice. Like a lot of people probably don't know enough about you. Yeah, but they're listening to you, you know, mm. do podcasts on other people. There was a quote by um, Larry King, and he, I think he just actually like passed away recently. And he's an awesome um, RIP TV host. Yeah, yeah. Rip and peace out to Larry King. Anyway, he um, he's interviewed like thousands of people and some like the biggest names in you know the past like sixty years. Anyway, he always says like anything that I say today, I'm not going to learn anything from. And so I want to go out there and ask questions and shit. Like if we come here and just tell our story or tell whatever, like I'm not learning anything new. Matt's mm. not learning anything new. Sometimes we hear some stories that we're surprised by. Well, each the TikTok other. thing. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm actually doing that, and that's that's so cool. Asked you a question. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, you got to ask questions. Yeah, for me, you know, like we spoke about, you know, doing doing it by myself and whatever. And this this podcast for me is just another way for me to just meet people and sort of um, create relationships and yeah. and not feel like I'm so alone all the time as well. So yeah, that's, for sure. That's another thing. Oh, man, thing, yeah. our office is not far. So just anytime you want, come down. Come hit the gym. Yeah, bro. Yeah. No, you don't mm. have to do that. Just come lay on the couch. We'll get mm. Larry to make you some coffees and some... Yeah, know, gelati. You gelati. like ice cream? Yeah. Gelati. <laughs> Anything else that you like? Pasta. He does a good pasta. I can't publicly say I don't like ice cream, right? No, no, you can't. I'd, oh, really? I'd be yeah. slaughtered. Wait, yeah. you don't like it? I do. Okay, but I'm saying ahead. like you can't, you can't do like that's that's bad publicity. It actually it? is, yeah. mate. I'm a big ice cream. If I could eat one thing for the rest of my life and not get unhealthy, it would be ice cream every day. Every day, a tub every day, a two tub. liter tub, two liter tub, but just different types every day. Like, what do you like? What's what's? Oh, I like Peter Pippo's good shit, Messina. I love yeah. it, but then I like to get real dirty and get like a Freddo Frog cake. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, yeah. what about party cake? Yeah, yeah, Carousel, Carousel. Have you ever had Carousel? Oh, Carousel's the best. No, I had a life. What area did you grow up in? Mount Waverley. Oh, uh, oh, hang on, Mount Waverley. Don't know if they got carousels out there. Yeah, they have. There's like one left. Yeah, because they were so good, they actually refined yeah, exactly. just to one shop. <laughs> there was a Dairy Bell near me, even though. Oh, dude, Dairy Bell, yeah. thick shakes. Yeah, they got knocked down and they put a palm into there. Oh, well, fuck, man, you burn that joint down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about, ruining the streetscape. Yeah. But who's going to pay uh, $400,000 for the extra revenue to keep that shop alive every year? Mm, not me. Well, actually, you know what? If I could eat ice cream every maybe day, if, maybe if Derry Bell went on TikTok back then, then they'd be exactly making enough right. money to stay open. Yeah, hundred percent. And it was such a cool design. It was like so nineties looking. 
I reckon it would have been had a little revamp if they kept it. Yeah, it would have come back. Mm. I used to go there with um, every, every, we, I think yeah, we, twenty years ago we used to go there. yeah at the top of Glenferry Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. so cool. So Dom and I used to play Oz Kick. Was it Oz Kick? Yeah, yeah. And we used to go with like a, a few dads and stuff, and we'd all get thick shakes, and everyone would just sit there. It's the best thing in the world, man. Fuck. What I about you? If you could eat any meal for the rest of your life, just one thing. Nutrition aside, wouldn't mind wouldn't mind pizza. Oh, you're so out of pizza pasta. You're a pizza dude. I wouldn't mind pizza. Yeah. You're what about this dude, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No, I like um, I like more of the Neapolitan style. Mm. You know, like your dock type type. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Where, you don't is, fuck with that new age shit. You like the old school yeah. stuff. The, no, I mean Domino's is all right when you're hungry. Yeah, Domino's is all right when you're hammered. You get yeah. home, you're like Domino's. Like you with you know, a cheesy crust. Yeah. <laughs> No, just your ma- just your five dollar meat lovers. So, what's the best pizza in Melbourne in the world? Actually, um, I don't know. I haven't I, I haven't eaten pizza in many places around the world, but I think um, I like Doc. I think yeah. Doc's really good. Um, I think I, I think their consistency is really really amazing. Yeah. It's like kebabs, you know, Melbourne Kebab Station in Coburg. Yeah, yeah. like they're the like I'm sorry, like you're looking at me, but they're the best, man. Like, <laughs> Dom's like actually a vegan, so he's not a kebab dude. Oh, you're a vegan. Oh, the falafel kebabs, though. Unreal. I, I haven't had a falafel there. Um, vegan. I've eaten at Veggie Bar. Yeah, yeah that's good. Veggie Bar's pretty good. Veggie yeah. Bar is good. So, so one your one thing would be pizza. What would yours be? Yeah, mine would be pasta, just straight up pomodoro pasta. But no, no, no. Because the thing is, is like this is the thing with the ice cream. I can have different flavors every day. I don't want different flavors. Oh, so you're just going straight, straight up. Oh, that's, Mate, a, that's a lie. I'd love it. Oh, well, I'd have different sauces then. No, but, but penne. You, know, you just got yourself into it. Okay, well, I'm still happy. No, because you're not. I tell you why. Because we why? had the same lunch for three weeks straight, one time, and then by the fourth week, Dom's like, I'm creating a Mexi bowl, <laughs> and it was the most <laughs> fucked up thing I've ever. It's the worst ever. thing ever <laughs> because he can't handle the same thing. I haven't lived a spatula since. <laughs> Dom quit cooking. <laughs> I, I've literally quit cooking. But the thing is, that wasn't pasta from Italy. It doesn't matter. So bro. there's a little place things. in Palermo. And they bring it out on like a fry pan, not even on a plate, bro. This guy, are you Italian? No, I'm going to move. My kids will be half Italian. There's yeah. a little Italian wife out there waiting for me. Yeah. If you uh, like, subscribe. Yeah, if that's you, then <laughs> this Follow sounds on like TikTok. you. <laughs> Huge Italian fetish. Yeah, Everything does. from the castles and everything. Yeah, well, it's all got to be this similar theme, man. Mm. Yeah, I hear the flour that they use in Italy is different to everywhere else, so you... So the pasta, like you're not as bloated or something. Like yeah, everything's different. Yeah, it's all actually. So one of our friends, their parents are from a small town in Italy where they still bring the milk and the veggies and the fresh produce around on a cart around mm. the village, and you buy it from the guy on the cart. That's it, you know. So yeah. like when you're getting produce that, that that's that fresh and you know from land that's fully not, they have this thing called biodynamic. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it all goes back into the land. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, regenerative farming. I yeah, think. yeah. yeah. So they got like, some weird like cool mystical shit about as, about it as well. Like they like get like a lamb's head or something and like the skull buried in the soil and do like stuff with the moon. I think with the hardcore. Yeah, but anyway, when the soil's that good and everything, the produce is that good, I mean, it's hard not to love a place, right? But it means the whole farming is in, like, a closed system. Mm. So it's, yeah, as fresh as you can get. Anyway, we're way off topic yeah. now. Who else are you guys watching or paying attention sort of in our little space, whether it's construction, real estate, whatever, like, who's who's catching your attention? What was that real estate? Uh, not the real estate, the architect today. 
Travis Walton. Travis Walton, his stuff is fresh. Yeah. So cool. Rob Mills, I've always loved his stuff. Um, what about the builder that we were looking at on Instagram before? Um, Davies. Oh, Davey Henderson. Yeah. He's good. Uh, duo built. Visionary. You know what as well? Dome. They're all fresh. Like all these guys. And, and Chris I had Dome Holland. Here a couple of weeks ago. This, this Scott, I had Scott in from Dome. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So like... They're all companies, man. Every time I say they're hoarding, I think, fuck, yeah, that's awesome. You know, good on them. I, 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 man, we look up to – like, yeah, literally. You can take something from everyone, man. You can yeah. learn anything. We everything. love all their shit. Yeah. And I, if and it's good shit, we love it. And if they're doing lots of jobs, man, like you've got to admire that. It's a lot of fucking pressure. Yeah. And the thing is because we don't look at them as competition. They're doing their thing. We're doing our thing. It's all awesome. Like just more of it. The world's abundant as well. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, but who else do we look at on Instagram? Who else are? Duo Built, they've got a great Instagram. Yeah, they do have a fresh Instagram. They've got a few nice jobs. What about cultural influences outside of, con- like, the construction space? Oh, God. Mm, the Italian culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Italy as a whole. Mate, I don't, to be honest, mate, I'm not really, I don't really... Yeah. So 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 here's an, so if you want to work for LVL, mm. send Dom an amazing pasta with your resume. No no no, dude. and you just seven, pasta no resume. And you and you hunt yeah no resume because you might mess it up. Well, we're not. No, like this it. girl worked at a cafe or a pizza shop, right? Anyway, she's full Italian. She she actually gets Dom and I mixed up, right? So for starters, she's got our names wrong. And uh, recently she's left her job and she's looking for a new job and she's full Italian and Dom goes, we have to hire her. I was like, dude, firstly, she doesn't get our names right. Secondly, she's she's got no experience <laughs> in the building industry. <laughs> but just because she's Italian, he wants to bring her on board. Yeah. And that, that just goes back to just put all of you out there because if you're Italian, you might get the job. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you know, if if you ride the same brand bike or if you – you know, if you're just whatever, you know, yeah. if you've got the same haircut. Like people, people are tribal. People want to, people want to be lumped in with something. People, people, that's what yeah. attracts people. Yeah. yeah. I think there is a good culture at, at our business. It has got a mm. real Italian undertone. Well, Leo, Leo, big Leo, which is Leo Fortuna, our business partner, he's full Italian. We did like a big pizza cooking session at his parents' house last week with like 50 Italians. Not one word of English was spoken the whole time, which was amazing like pizza oven kneading the dough all the nonas in the kitchen it was unbelievable then little leo that works for us he's where his only family in australia so um and he every day brings his little italian culture to lvl group which is amazing <coughs> one of the other parts of like culture that we look up to is like our own families you know we want people in lvl to feel like family because it is a family you know it's like an elite sports team and a family together and so, you know, Matt's got, like, a massive family and that's, like, a huge value for him. And so that has, like, a massive impact on the business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Like, the, I think and a big part of our industry is a, is a HR challenge, you know, yeah. finding the right people that you align with and that align with you to work with. Mm. Um, 100%, 100%. Well, everyone's got to feel enrolled. You know, so it's got to be something that they're actually inspired by. We don't want to go to work and have to motivate people to, like, do something and it's just transient, you know, like they're motivated for one day and then the next day they're not. Like if, yeah. they're, if they actually feel LVLs this sort of portal that's, like, the best path for them to achieve whatever they want to achieve holistically, mm. then, you know, they're going to be constantly driven and inspired. So, Dude, on Sunday night, our WhatsApp group with our team is popping off. 
everyone's so jaded up to go back to work. They're like, fucking G up, boys. Like, everyone's yeah. like, fired <laughs> up, like, just sending each other shit. Just, and man, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like some of them, like, especially one guy who's just the best bloke in the world, Shannon. I love him to death. I literally don't know what we'd do without him. He's the most valuable asset to the business he's a he's one of our he's our lead carpenter anyway he uh every weekend it's like as if he's waiting to come back to work on monday and he just g's everyone up he just brings so much to the business you know and i think that having that family culture and that family vibe and that tribal you know vibe that we have i think that that that's what creates that and people yeah. being part of that yeah that's that's beautiful like wh- what i'm doing i'm hiring so I'm looking to hire and what I'm going to do, I've, I've got my videographers um, working on a project where we're going to create a video um, where we're going to feature some people that are auxiliary to our business, you know, whether it's a painter or a furniture polisher or an installer or a stone installer or whatever, and sort of get their view on how they align with Plot as a brand mm-hmm. and, and, and as a company mm-hmm. and sort of put it out there and say, if you feel like you align with the same, same type of vision – then maybe you want to come work with us. Mm. Because right now the market for really skilled joiners is just crazy hot. Like mm. it's in, it's really, really difficult. Mm. So that's that's something that I'm trying to do. I'm not sure if you guys have any thoughts around hiring. Oh, man, we have no resumes. Man, if you've got a resume, throw that shit in the bin because mm. that's not getting you a job. If you want to go work at a big firm where there's – you know, proper structures in place for reporting back to people and not being self-motivated, then take your resume into there. But, like, if it, like you'll know within two minutes of meeting someone whether mm-hmm. they fit the brand, whether they're motivated to be there. All of Everyone who's worked at LVL Group has reached out to us. You know, Dean, uh, our most senior project manager. Construction manager. Construction manager. Yeah. Um, so his uh, fiancé or wife, girlfriend, um, actually found our job application on seek and or like we posted for the job and said you know de- de- my boyfriend would be perfect for this he just doesn't know it yet mm. so he came for the job interview and it's changed his life literally changed his life working at lvl group so he was a real estate agent beforehand but he'd been in construction boiler making uh landscaping, landscaping done everything and then now man like he's just so he's like ingrained in the business you know he's a part he's a part of the business now so and he didn't bring a resume you know sam lewin where well, uh, he's he was a qualified carpenter beforehand um man he's if he had a resume he'd be out of control the guy was captain of athletics got a 99 point something got did finished all these uni courses i don't even know man because i don't understand that shit did a build? I uh, did a um, an apprenticeship building construction management. Man, we don't want to see your resume. We want to know what you like as a person. Mm. And he's been the best fit ever. Then we have got Lockie as well. Like I'm pretty sure Lockie interviewed us first. Oh, called yeah, us did. in for a quote. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he interviewed <laughs> us first, and then Dom. We were like, oh, we need a project manager, and Dom was like, oh, actually, I like that kid that we met that time. You know, maybe we should call him. So we got in contact with him. And uh, lo and behold, he during COVID because he was part of a big company where they had like you know structures and like a, a real hierarchy in, pro, in in you know like a hierarchical structure. So he lost his job, became redundant, and then we offered him a job. He's like, hell yeah, you know, I've been following you guys. I want to work with you guys. Like so, and then Leo, the little Italian guy, man, he hounded me for months asking for a job. And then bought in his resume, which was all in Italian. Yeah, dude, full war suit that didn't even fit him. 
And then Dom just looks at me. I go, dude, this guy's got no idea. He goes, we have to hire him. Yeah. So we did. And it was the best decision we ever made, you know? Yeah. So a lot of it's on gut. Yeah, gut. Yeah. Gut, man. And also, like, you've just got to ask the right questions. You know, don't ask the questions that you want. Ask the questions that they're not expecting to be asked. You know, questions about who they are personally. You know, what you know what, what they want out of the next five, ten years. Like, Lockie, we know that he wants to go start his own business. So we'll nurture that for him, mm. you know? So, and unless you know that shit about someone, then... There's no point hiring. Oh, yeah, we have to know what their vision is. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what they're going to be driven by. That's what they're going to want to create. And then that's like the flavour that will come into the business as well. So I think that, yeah, hiring's a, a really, really important thing and you have to get it right. But I, I believe that people ask the wrong questions and they're expecting that they're, 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 they're getting the wrong information, you know. But also we, we, we're pretty intense in the interviews as well. Mm. Like when they come in, we're throwing hard questions at it, man. Nothing to do with like... Mm. Like a few job specific things, but more just like people specific things. Yeah, um, I think at least what I'm looking for is I, I think um, emotional intelligence and alignment with culture is sort of mm. number one. Because otherwise, how can you? But what's like a question you ask to elicit that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'll ask them. You know what feedback they have for us. And then I feel like that's showing how they've kind of processed what they perceive us and how they fit in. But one of these questions I actually learned from Peter Thiel is... Um, Shout out Thiel Capital. Huh? Shout yeah. out Thiel Capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolute beast, man. Anyway, one of the questions he asked people is like, um, what's one thing that you think that you believe that most people would disagree with? Uh and like in those questions, one thing that I believe that most people would disagree. Yeah, with. what's one thing you believe that you think most people would yeah, disagree let's do with? with? We'll start with you. God, one thing that I believe that most people would disagree with. Ah. Oh man, I got so many. <laughs> but, uh, people are gonna hate me, so I just can't do it on camera. <laughs> I cannot do it on camera. Um, oh, look. Most things, something that I believe that most people would disagree with. Well, it depends. It, what most people genuinely disagree with or what most people pretend Probably just a large percentage with. would disagree with. Yeah. Or at least in your own circles or whatever. I, well, I'll start off easy then. I simply don't believe you need eight hours sleep a night. That's a myth. Oh, oh a, a big bear over here that loves the slumber. <laughs> hey, I reckon between five to six hours a night, you're killing it. Yeah, I don't know if you read books, but there's a... <laughs> Never mind. Oh, hey, boy, play the birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boy, that's a microphone into Maddie's head. <laughs> you play the birds. Have you read a book? That comes on. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a really good audio book. Mm. Or are we still? Nah. <laughs> audio what? <laughs> so there's some audio online. There's a good podcast where the author goes on Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, nice. We do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Walker, Why We Sleep. Mm. And um, you'll want to get your sleep after that. Really? Yeah. If you believe in his propaganda. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I, like this morning I wake up and my girlfriend's in bed and I'm just trying to wake her up. I'm like, come to the gym, come do this, come do that. And she's like, I need my sleep. And I just think to myself, and I know 
like that maybe she does you know what i don't know i can't actually relate to it and it aggravates me when people sleep you know when people want to want to just rest and lie there i don't know why oh, i think your camera's gone off yeah, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why it aggravates me, but that 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 that's my thing. You know what I mean? That's uh, my thing. Dom, what's something that you believe that most people don't? God, I actually just get butterflies even thinking about it. Like, what to say? <coughs> I want something so much more controversial. But one thing that I believe is everyone's brainwashed into. Like they what what they think they need to eat and consume. Like they need this or need that. Like I need meat or this or that. And you well, know. good, Dave. Tell them about the meat. Oh well, look. I feel like, like you're dancing around it. Yeah, like I, I don't think we actually need the amount of meat that we think we need. You know, like I think it's I don't just think a big need, narrative. I don't think we need the amount of meat that we that that popular culture says we do. Yeah, but I think we need meat. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I want you to disagree. That's all point of this shit. But like even it's with the whole food industry, like it's a big fucking scam. Mm. Um, Or a lot of it is because it's it's got an agenda behind it to increase profits, man. Like even with breakfast is the most important meal of the day, whether it is or whether it isn't, like it's a marketing statement from old mate Kellogg's like over 100 years ago. Yeah, no, I You know, like uh, there's so much conditioning and I think not enough effort is put into just un, you know unconditioning all that sort of shit, and then making like decisions based on your own actual body, not what's sort of being subconsciously fed to you. Yeah. Mm. What's yours? Um, I think the world is abundant. I agree. So you have to come with something else. Do you agree yeah, as well? I agree. Yeah. Okay. I can't spin us something else, man. Um, what's something that I so what what's something that something that I think that most people would disagree with? I don't know. Probably something about probably something around gender roles. Mm, I was going to go there. Probably I something like yeah. Pro- what would it look like if you went there? <laughs> probably probably just something around like. Are um, you from a traditional household? No, nah, my parents are pretty. I mean, four like Asian parents are pretty. Um, what nationality? Chinese. Okay, they're they're pretty. Uh, what's the opposite of, of conservative? Uh, Contemporary. Whatever you know what I mean. Um, I just I just think um, liberal. Yeah, I guess you can say. Um, <coughs> don't know. Like this isn't a political podcast, but I think I think if you if if you look at the 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 normal distribution curve, mm. there is a higher probability of family success with traditional gender roles than uh, than there otherwise is and there could be a counter argument in terms of well that's the social construct of, of what's been created so so that's been you know, that's been and i don't know anything about this shit i've never studied studied social sciences or whatever mm. but that's just well i can tell you right now that's not even a controversial belief though no but i can tell you right now like there's a i i that would affect with who who i would date like my girlfriend knows that that if you know if we're to get married that i'll be the one that's providing an income for the family and i'll be the one that mm. you know not that's not the only thing i'll provide i'll provide lots of love and care and you know emotional um i'll be there emotionally for her as well as financially but and then and then she wants to 
you know, maintain the, the house. Like, already, you know, she cooks for me every night. She looks after me. She does all the washing. She looks after Dom as well, even, sometimes. Like, so I think that... Um, yeah. I think that... that but, that, but then yeah. she's made to feel guilty about wanting that because... Um, you know, there's this big push for her to have, like, when we first met, she's like, I want to get a job, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then she did all this shit and then she realised it wasn't for her. And now she's, you know, like, she's still working, but she's working part-time doing something that she enjoys doing, which is working in retail, you know? Yeah. And then, and then she's spending more time in the house, you know, cooking, learning about that, looking after me, like, and, and that for her is way more fulfilling than anything else, you know? So that, that yeah. that's the household that I'll be operating. I, but I, I think people also need, re- need to get really self-aware about <laughs> <laughs> about about the opposite as well. I think there's plenty of relationships where where um, the woman it, is it makes it makes a lot more sense for the woman to go out there and and, and make well, the money. One like, of my one of my ex girlfriends is going to be. I can I already know that she'll be extremely successful in, in her business and what she does. Um, and I actually feel like that our egos conflicted a little bit because of that. You know what I mean? Mm. And I th- and good on her. That's awesome. But that's not the relationship that I want to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, sweet. So that so yeah, that's it. For, that. So the podcast is 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 done. Like we talked about some political shit, and we're gonna get fucking kicked off now. That's mad. I think we should come back and do it all again. Mm. Mm. And I'll we'll come back with some way more loaded questions. Mm. Yeah. Oh, one other thing that that we do in our job interviews as well is the people ask us questions. So you know how Dom's asked you questions? They mm. come to us with a list of questions. And if they don't come with a list of questions, they're not the right person. Yeah. Mm. Every yeah. single one of them has come with a list of questions. So one one thing we do usually to wrap up like some meetings, we'll just ask people what's like a mini a mini win and a mini challenge that you have going on in your life right now. Business or aside from business. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, I'll do. Do I start? So, yeah, what's if you want a, to kick it off, bro? I mean, a mini win, I, I guess, is um, we've got we've got dream projects in the pipeline for the joinery business. You know, we've got projects that I've sort of, you know, working with the you know the top architects, working for these amazing builders. Um, but naturally, that's created anxiety and difficulty around you know how we're going to deliver. You know, are we going to deliver and that imposter syndrome and and all of that. So I guess that's uh, my two for one situation right now. Mm. Yeah, good one. My mini win would be I've been wanting to learn Italian, so I've but done like about probably twenty out of the last thirty days, just doing like five minutes a day or whatever. And give, like, give us a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I can say ciao. Can I come on? Ciao, ciao. Say, say, this has been a really enjoyable podcast. Okay. Um, Questa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means this, <laughs> but I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> I'll leave the rest out to imagination. <laughs> Questa, enjoyable podcaster. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, mini challenge. There's been like some... <laughs> Obvious, like ever since a business started, you know, and, and you start to like get more jobs and the business grows, it, it, you know, you're always going to get rumors thrown around and stuff. And there's been like rumors thrown around where people are trying to like justify, you know, whether we're succeeding or just just talking shit about the business or whatever. Mm. And um, and so that's been like a mini challenge this week, just sort of dealing with that uh, internally or externally. No, externally. externally. 
Yeah, it's actually the first time ever that we've ever had to engage lawyers for something. So, like, so, like sign publicly said some shit. Yeah, yeah. People have been saying stuff publicly, so we've had to send letters from lawyers. You know. And it's just it's just shit that's just made it's just what happens when people mm. see people succeeding. I saw it with Marty Fox, like people making up shit about him as well. I'm sure that there's other building companies out there where people talk about them and make things up, but like some rumors are more vicious than others and this one just needed to be addressed. So we got lawyers involved and we're sorting it out. But it's just mate, lost sleep over it for the yeah. two hours a night that we get combined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, Dom loves his sleep. So do I, but I, I have lost sleep over this. It's been really frustrating. So some challenges that I've had, because um, I'll finish on a win so that we finish on a bit of a high note for the mm-hmm. podcast. Challenge. Um, well, everything's been pretty sweet for me recently. Um, a challenge is... Uh, I actually don't know. What have I got? Can you think of anything for me? Yeah, there's micro challenges every day. Well, actually, getting back into routine has been fucked, man, because I had a really good break. <laughs> like, And for the first time ever, I just didn't respond to a single thing, client inquiry, messages, emails, even like one client, yeah, one client messaged me on a personal level, but I knew it had potential for going business, so I actually just didn't reply. And then I've, I've, I've been contacting everyone, getting back into routine, I've been struggling this year because last year was just so intense. You know, everything was go, go, go. Like there was this level of anxiety around the whole time about COVID. Can we shut down? Can't we shut down? What can we put on Instagram? What can't we put on Instagram? It was just – so then at the end of the year when I when I shut off, man, I literally like did a full system shutdown and just stopped, didn't exercise, you know, didn't didn't look at look after my eating. But like that's fine. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, so just getting back into routine, getting back into my cycling, you know, getting back into waking up early, going to the gym, eating well. It's just it's just a hectic routine. We call it the Olympics because every day it's like fucking training for the Olympics, you know. On, on, entrepreneurship is um, is a sport, man. Yeah, bro. Mm. It's fucking full on. So that's but been the a pressure f- can get pretty hectic sometimes. Yeah, and Dom and I are quite competitive as well, so that just pops off. So we've got that. that that's been a challenge. Um, and then a win – Man, fuck, our business is just, I, I've never, never in my, so this would be a bit of a jout for people listening. So last year, Dom and I were on a boat. I think it was actually this weekend last year. Yeah, it was. Um, we were on a boat, on a friend's boat in Hamilton Island and we were writing our goals and Dom said, you know, what's your dream revenue for, for the next 12 months? And I, I was like, oh, well, 10 million would be pretty sweet. And he's like, nah, fuck that. You need to go higher. I was like, all right, sweet, 15 million. Anyway, that seemed extreme at the time. Mm. We're literally a bee's dick away from that revenue right now, mm. you know, of locking in the work and, and having that underway. So it's just like, man, 12 months ago, I couldn't believe, I didn't even think any of this was possible, you know. Yep. I was, I, I, it was a new business. We'd literally just started a new business. Like I know the brand had been around for a while, but it was a new business for us. So to be in the position that we're in now, I just feel so fortunate, man. So blessed. And I just, fuck, man, like the next 12 months is going to be awesome. I can't wait. That's I can't beautiful. wait. Yeah. Well, um, I wish you on that journey humility, patience, and just enjoy it. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. You too. too. Thanks for having us as well, man. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty, Jay. I appreciate it. Thank You're you. You're a legend. Yeah.